Hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Radar, episode 66. This week on the show, Neo, uh, the new Dark Souls-like action RPG, PlayStation 4 exclusive from the creators of Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive. And then we move on to talk about the uh, the underappreciated hits of PAX South, including Edith Finch and an amazing game called Goro Goa, and then finally close out with an exhaustive hands-on discussion of the Nintendo Switch. Listen on. And let's ride! Check them out now. Ride, yeah. And let's ride. Check them out now. Ride, yeah. We doing Big Pimpin'. We spending cheese. Check them out now. Big pimpin' on BLADs. We doing big pimpin' up in NYC. Hello, everyone. I love I love beat poetry. Slow jams with Anthony. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know at what point the 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 slow jams slowly but surely like we made the joke about doing it like Allen Ginsberg, but it really has become. Like, I saw the greatest minds of my generation getting jiggy with it. Na-na. <laughs> <laughs> Na-na. Na-na-na. Na-na. And I feel, I, I feel really good about it in general. You should. Uh, yeah, everybody. In general. In general. Welcome to our video gaming podcast uh, for The Games Radar. My name is Anthony John Agnello. I am joined by executive editor Susan Arndt. I'm not actually here. <laughs> None of us are. None of us are. Uh, we have we have senior editor Lucas Sullivan. Hello. And we have staff Roberts Dave Boberts. We're just all undergoing a collective out of body experience. <laughs> yes. We're like uh, Jeff Keeley um, tweeting out deals while you know hanging out on what? the cell phone. And, no. <laughs> So, uh, Anthony was talking about this a couple weeks ago. Oh, my oh, theory oh, that he's I'm secretly Wario sixty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's secretly Wario sixty four. Yeah, continuity, everybody. <laughs> you gotta follow along with Radio Radar. We have a lot of games to cover. It's now February, and everything's crazy. We've all been traumatized by playing Resident Evil Seven. True. Uh, and now we've been playing more things. Lucas has a very limited time on the show with us today, so we're going to dive right into what he's been playing for I'm a hot commodity, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Pulling you in all sorts of directions today. I always, I always look up on the the in the Wall Street Journal index of precious metals being (laughs) traded. It's always like gold, silver, Lucas, LJS. Where's the LJS? LJS. Uh, Lucas, Lucas has been playing Neo, which yes. is not uh, not a, the code name for a PlayStation 4 from last year and not the name of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> but uh, if only is... the two were combined. <laughs> Lucas, uh, we've actually talked about Neo a little on the show before. You talked about it uh, after a preview event earlier this year. Yeah, and you were, many moons you were ago. taken with it then. Many moons ago. Uh, uh, and I've been playing it pretty much nonstop for the past day and a half, and whew, my mind is in, in a crazy place right now. You're in, a, you're in a Neo place. So if anybody is unfamiliar or hasn't heard of this, this is a new PlayStation 4 exclusive developed by Team Ninja, and yes. this isn't the... Uh, this is not the Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball <laughs> team, if you're concerned. There has this not been the... a single gratuitous... Uh, 
bare-chested lady in in all yeah. video thus far. Yeah, all the bare-chested ladies have been totally necessary. Yes, <laughs> they've all. None of them have been gratuitous. to the plot and to the <laughs> world building. Across the board, essential to the plot. Uh, yeah, this is a Team Ninja going from Ninja Gaiden, which has sort of fallen on hard times as a series, and, and they're doing the Dark Souls thing. They and are. very explicitly when you play Neo. Uh, it has a lot of the same setup. You you go into these very, very ex- like precisely plotted areas where enemies always appear in the same spot. Uh, combat is very, very difficult and demanding. And you slowly but surely level up your character. But it's simplified in a lot of ways, too. Uh, it, I think much much to its benefit. Lucas, how, how's it been going in there? So I have been liking it uh, quite a bit. And I think it does simplify some aspects and overcomplicates others. Uh, which really? I want to talk to you. So, Anthony, you said you were playing uh, on the stream sort of as the beginner's perspective. Like, how is this going to mm-hmm. treat the everyman coming in? Uh, and I want to know what your take is on the stance system and the key pulses. So that's really interesting that you should bring that stuff up because anybody going into Neo, you'll play this game for a solid hour. <laughs> like you, you are dropped into the Tower of London in the 19th century and you're a dude in prison. There's some kind of weird fairy slash fish ghost person <laughs> actually with you? i just realized she's basically a, a naked lady that you're trying to rescue yeah, so maybe it's, well it's does. a no it's a but it's essential a <laughs> yes but like, no this is not she, is she breathes through her skin <laughs> she breathes through her skin she breathes through Story her skin you will be ashamed for your thoughts about her no Susan, this is not like a dead or alive tube no 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 no, no. Like, i know i'm just I'm this is a creepy ghost fish lady uh, so you play for like an hour, and it's great. It tells you what the basic controls are, and then you get to the end of that hour, and it's like, uh, hey, you want to play a tutorial? <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, what the I hell are you talking about? Game? What they did there, and I, I did the tutorials thinking like, oh, maybe this will show me something new that wasn't in there, but no, it's just no. the basic controls. No, and you, you <laughs> the things that you had to do. Yes. To beat the boss. Yes. The things that you've been doing for an hour, you do. And then it, it doesn't really explain these two very sort of complex mechanics that affect how you fight and timing and everything. Uh, Lucas has mentioned both of them. One is the stance system, which is you have a sword or an axe or a what have you. And if you hold R1 on your PlayStation controller and press, like, one of the buttons, it'll switch it so that you either sheathe your weapon, hold it out in front of you, hold it from a low stance or a high stance, like you have, like, your sword over your head. And on top of this, the the button that you're pressing to do all this stuff, the R1 button, when you actually just hit anything, if it's an enemy, if it's a box that you see in the environment... If you hit R1 after hitting something, it does what's called a key pulse. KI, like your energy, <laughs> which is your stamina. And it's... I'm not totally sure. I played this game for like three and a half hours yesterday. 
And I don't totally know what the hell the key pulse is even doing. So besides re refilling some of my stamina. Yeah, it's extremely complicated, and it gets even more complicated. the The way to think of it is like Dark Souls combat is predicated on your stamina, so that is what determines how much you can do and how basically how you play the game. This is like the stamina system with the active reload system of Gears of War. So you're incentivized to use timing to get back more stamina than you would otherwise. But then to make that even more difficult, uh, there are enemies who will put down a pool um, mm -hmm. of like... Uh, Ghost juice. Earth, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ectoplasm. Explain how that looks. It literally looks like there's like a, a like a pocket of air. <laughs> like you'll see monsters and there'll be like a pocket of air around them. That like um have you guys played Fatal Frame, Susan, Dave, have you guys played Fatal Frame? God, years the ago. The first one? The first one. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Like yeah. Old Fatal Frame. You know like when you would see where a ghost was? It, but you couldn't see it because you weren't looking through your camera. You could just see that haze. Mm -hmm. It's like that. It's very ethereal. Eh. Yeah. Uh, it's and, weird. And if you're standing in that, then your stamina drains even slower. Uh, or it uh, refills even slower. So the yeah. key pulse is the way to expunge that, uh, that cursed earth. And it's... Oh boy, <laughs> the boss fights make use of it later on, and it gets real complicated because the whole ground becomes like a—you uh, just have to dance around these or pulse them out of existence. And uh, I don't know how to feel about that mechanic. I'm still sort of coming to terms with it. It's like if you're doing well, you're gonna keep doing well, but if you fall behind it all. It just becomes a, this immense uphill battle, which, uh, yeah. It's so it's tough. weird because at the, the beginning of the game, it feels like it, the soul stuff is there. It's very prevalent. It's sort of unavoidable. But at the exact same time, it feels like a much faster game, uh, even than Bloodborne. Bloodborne... Bloodborne always feels like it's it's going to be fast, but then you have to take everything so slowly when you're <laughs> fighting enemies. In Neo, you play through the tutorial, and then the first sort of staging area is a beach, and then uh, like an estate up on a hill. Yes, and there are there are samurai sort of surrounding the hill, and on the other side of the estate is a cursed village. And so you have to... Yeah, a, a cursed village that's on fire. Okay, hang on. I need to I need to just pause yes. for a moment. What are these people doing that gets their entire village cursed? I think, right? Uh, like, like I one think... dude, maybe a whole family. Okay, sure. The entire village. The whole it's village. It's all a trickle-down theory from the <laughs> corrupt <laughs> leaders of these, these provinces. And I... Oda Nobunaga is about to enter the picture where I'm at, and he's like the classic demon of feudal Japan, which uh, <laughs> we should do a story on. I think Max did. Yeah, we a story should do. We should do day. a Who's Oda Nobunaga? I think we did. I think we did. Exactly we did. That. We did yeah. I think. <laughs> but he's been like a demon god in in the Onimusha games and stuff like that, and it seems like that just may be the case here. So, no spoilers, um, but. Yeah, the levels are 
not all one giant world like Dark Souls. They're actually individual missions. And the main story missions probably take about an hour to complete each, uh, not accounting for repeat deaths. But it's interesting because you'll also revisit the same places but with new missions. And sometimes they'll change the environment so it'll be like daytime during one and nighttime during the other. Like a demon invasion is happening uh, and the sky's blood red. And it's an interesting take. I think it takes away from the like majestic grand scale of a Souls game where everything is interconnected and you clue into that at different points during exploration. Mm. Um, But it is kind of neat that you can revisit the same spot and have a different experience there uh, as opposed to knowing it like the back of your hand and then it never changes. Um, But I found myself not super excited to take on the side missions because it's like, well, if I've been here already... The shortcuts are basically the same. Sometimes they'll change the layout by like blocking off parts of it. Mm. But it's just less exciting to be in the same area for the third time doing a different fetch quest. See, that's that's interesting to hear, Lucas, because Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Demon Souls are so tied up in making you play the same area over and over and over again to get through it you know it, yeah. it's you're 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 constantly sort of in one pocket of the world and it just bludgeons you for hours <laughs> until you've learned every single enemy's spot beaten a boss gotten a new piece of gear and leveled up intently and by that point you're like sick of being in that place <laughs> I, for me, like that's always like that's 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 what ends up happening when I play these Souls games. Dave and I talked about this yesterday, how we're really interested and we respect these games and they're interesting to a point, but we both sort of hit a wall where it's like I gotta get the hell yeah. out of here. Yeah. Uh, and this this like when you tell me that it's level like it's level by level from here on out, that makes me more excited to finish it. Mm. Like I feel like that gives me a more comprehensible set of goals. Yeah, it's there's good and bad to it. I think um, the act of like opening a shortcut in a Souls game is so uplifting because you're like, I never have to do that part again if I don't want to. Um, and I can just warp around like in Bloodborne or Dark Souls 3. You can just warp between bonfires. Uh, in Neo, as far as I can tell, there's no option to like leave shortcut shortcuts open or warp between the uh, little shrines that act as bonfires. So you're basically starting from scratch every time you start one of the levels. And I guess I'm still in the process of of feeling out is that tiresome or is that just a nice bite-sized chunk as opposed to like a slog that you're just Hmm. fighting your way through um also this game is really hard (laughs) (laughs) that should be stated it may sound obvious um yeah hard hard is definitely one way to put it i i didn't die so we streamed it for 90 minutes and I, I didn't really get very far into that first village during our stream. I only died three times. Mm. But I kept playing later that uh, last night, and I <laughs> you 
it, it's it feels very like you can handle what the game is throwing at you uh, up to the two hour mark and you make your way up this hill and you make your way into the estate in this first section and if you it doesn't matter what you do you can't like trick these enemies you turn a corner and then you have to deal with four enemies and up to that point you've only been dealing with like one two or, or not a lot but for like 20 minutes i was just being like hi guys and then running away as fast as possible to try and isolate them from each other and it's like no it's just four enemies on top of you and it's just like pummeling you uh yeah. not a forgiving game but at the same time that stuff was so cool i said to dave that it felt there there's this classic samurai movie series called lady snowblood from the mm, 70s. Yeah. Well, and Kill Bill reference. Kill, yeah. Uh, Kill Bill has, like, scenes that are just direct lifts <laughs> from Lady Snowblood. Uh, but it, Lady Snowblood is this great example of classic 70s samurai movies where the fight scenes are really, really fast and up close. And then it would change scenes and you'd have this sort of overhead camera shot where you see one lone warrior running as fast as possible into a field and trying to get in a position to face off against multiple assailants. And Neo has that feeling constantly. We are like, you're, you're moving really, really quickly to try and do something really, really hard. Yeah, uh, the, the run is surprisingly speedy. Yeah, yeah. Susan, <laughs> you have a contentious relationship with the the Souls tile of game. No, not at all. It's not contentious at all. I think they're bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Bullshit. (laughs) It's like, you know, like, listen to how you're describing the game. Oh, yeah. It's like, I only died three times, and then it's like completely impossible, but... That's, that's that's not my idea of fun, man. That's all I'm saying. That sense, though, when you overcome, when you're like, whatever, my skills—they've <laughs> advanced, they've grown. That's that's great. Or I could have spent like the past five hours doing something fun, right? And also yeah. feeling great throughout. I rather than I, peaks and lows. Were you into Ninja Gaiden at all? The Xbox original Xbox. I god. Fucking damn it, Microsoft. I want so badly to just be able to say Xbox One. You know how much easier life would be if I could refer to the original Xbox games as Xbox, Xbox One games? Xbox Prime. Just, I, I, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, the original <laughs> Xbox Ninja Gaiden games. Were you I was you never into, that? into those myself. Uh, no? But I do plan to go back and, and blow through the entirety of Ninja Gaiden Black. Uh... Those always felt more punishing to me than something like Souls or Neo because, I don't know, maybe it was the pace of the combat. Mm -hmm. I love how you can approach a fight um, through many means, whether through items or the weapon you're using or, you know, stashing up uh, bombs or something in Neo. But in Ninja Gaiden, it always felt like I'm just boxed in with these enemies and I just have to tough it out. There's no like creative thinking here. I just have to be skilled enough to kill them all. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels very much like a bridge between those two styles. 
Uh, I like... God, Susan, part of the reason... I, I'm not automatically like these games are bullshit, but it's I get 10 to 15 hours in, yep. and I'm like, I'm having <laughs> such a good time. This is so much fun. And then the game asks me, they're like, oh, you've been having a good time. Well, put in the exact same amount of time you've done to just get through one boss fight. <laughs> and uh, that's where the moment where I, I do the same thing and I call bullshit and I run away as fast as possible. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I just, as, as always, uh, I very much appreciate these games. I think they're incredibly well designed. They're very, yeah. very satisfying if you enjoy that kind of gameplay i i what i want from games is a breadth of experiences a bunch of Mm. stuff that appeals to a bunch of different people who play games for a bunch of different reasons like lucas loves games where you're just like banging your head into a board (laughs) not just a board a board with nails in it you're just doing that and then you succeed, and he feels really, really good about himself as a human. And that's awesome. Me, I'm 120 hours into Stardew Valley, and right. I got, like, really, really happy sheep, and that's cool for me. I hear right. that cave, though. That cave can be pretty difficult. That cave, yeah, man. You got to you gotta plan. You got to get your – okay, so you check your – okay, so here's what you do. <laughs> so you – first of all, you have to get the best sword available, which is the lava sword, at least it, until you, you do something secret, but I'm not going to talk about that. You so you get that one, and then you check the uh, fortune teller uh, forecast – on your television, and you wait for a really lucky day, and then you make yourself the lucky meal, and you eat that because your luck impacts how easy it is to find the next way down to the next level. And then you bring enough rock with you to make a staircase whenever things are getting a little, you know, it's just taking a little too long because you got you got time. You only got so many hours because you can't even leave for the cave until ten o'clock in the morning, and you have at best until one a.m. <laughs> This is sounding this sounds, rather similar. This sounds, this sounds pretty Dark Soulsy. To <laughs> 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 be perfectly honest, so that's like one part of that game, though. Too. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. It is like there if you want it, not the yeah. entirety of the experience. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if something about Neo that feels so not bullshit though. And part of why the Souls games end up chasing me away is that you you get into this cycle of having to level up your character, and it takes more and more of the resource that you collect from enemies as you kill them. And you can lose that resource if you die. And in... God, the Souls games, there are like 50 billion different stats that you can pour your experience points into. Where it's basically just like, you know, strength, stamina, minty freshness, <laughs> ranch flavor. I, and I and the game doesn't explain what those things freshness. do either. Like but Susan, what was that? I would put everything into minty freshness. I would. You'd, yes. Yeah, you, you'd want, you want that dentist like breath. A, a cooling, refreshing breeze. <laughs> and Dave, you're right. No, they don't tell you. There's no... Like, there's no implication in the menu of what any of that stuff really does. Meaningfully. Like, how it affects you. And, like, Neo cuts down the bullshit factor so dramatically. Because there are, I I think it's seven different stats to put your experience into. And that's it. Yeah, and they... So, Dark Souls has three 
styles of of magic and neo only has two and they're they're very much separate from your combat abilities which i think is an interesting take uh and you skill them up using separate points so you never have to worry like am i putting this into a stat i'll never use Uh, it's very clear like this item requires this much and yeah this will be the benefit and when you're when you're in the menu it says like do you want to put your points into strength and at the bottom of the screen it says if you like using axes which i do do this (laughs) do this and me too i really like the axes uh and put it in strength and then on the opposite side it just shows you very clearly like this is how it'll affect your health this is how it'll affect your stamina and it all feels very approachable so that I feel like people who are worried about that bullshit factor that we were talking about with Souls games will be able to play this and not feel like their time is being thrown out when they're defeated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's very welcoming in a lot of ways. But that stance system, oh boy. <laughs> like, I yeah, haven't explain. had to use it, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah. Only for some fights have I thought, like, I'm going to use a stance I don't normally use. There's an, another degree where you are uh, you can switch stances mid-combo, but that just seems like so much to get a grip on mm-hmm. when you're just worrying about, how can I kill this guy without being killed? Uh, yeah. It, it's a lot. I've changed stances a couple of times uh, just because I... I there's a nice like once you realize how you can switch the stances there's just nice physical indicators about what they can do there's like a big fat wheel on the side of the screen that shows you know your your fake Geralt of Rivia for some reason the guy looks a lot like the Witcher William uh, in, wouldn't you look like the Witcher if you could I mean come on yes I would look like <laughs> I, if I could be a cut middle aged man with silky gray hair and just like let it all hang out in a wooden tub all day, I would do that. <laughs> and be tweeted by Stat. PC Gamer endlessly. Yes. <laughs> endlessly. Uh, but, like, it, there there are drawings of him on the side to demonstrate what the stances are visually on the screen. And the overhead stance, he flat out has, like, a sword over his head. And when... Uh, Early on, you'll run into these sort of zombie-ish monsters that can poison you, then they crawl along on the ground, and they're kind of hard to hit if you're trying to use a regular stance. So I switch to the overhead stance with a sword, and then, boom, I have nice downward strikes Chop to up. take care of that. Yeah. Take Are there... task. Do you task. Do you find yourself having to experiment to fight a lot of stuff, Lucas? Or is it all pretty... Um... Do you get into your own rhythm? So there are a couple moves that I are like my go-to based on enemy type, which I think is a good thing. Like you want to be able to learn a pattern and then know like I'm no longer scared of this enemy uh, mm-hmm. because I just do this and this and then they're dead. Uh, but for some bosses, I did have to like, I learned the spear entirely just to take down one dude who was giving me fits uh and he was in the beta too like i beat him in the very very large beta uh but jesus christ <laughs> he was a he was a toughie 
but yeah, it's cool that the way the skills uh, for your weapon types work is that you can pretty much diversify and not be punished for it. Uh, it doesn't mm. really cost all that much to skill up different weapons. So yeah, I just out of the blue was like, you know what? Axe isn't working here. Let me try the spear and then made it work. Cool. Uh, do you, do you, I, you're still in the process of reviewing the game. Would you, if there are people out there who are like desperate for more of this type of game, do you give it, do you give it a thumbs up at this point? I do two thumbs up for, if you already know that you like this type of game, then this will be a good time. I'm, I'm feeling like it's not quite on Dark Souls level. Um, Mm. but yeah, we a little inside baseball. We got our copy very late, and as you may know, these games are usually quite big. So I'm still churning through and seeing like how do the differences uh, help or hurt this in comparison. But yes, mm-hmm. as a as a if you're a glutton for punishment <laughs> and you can put up with that a little bit, this will be a good time. Uh. <laughs> And how does it rank on the scale of totally tasteful, uh, reasonable depictions of sexuality and violence in Team Ninja's catalog? Um. It's like in of a piece with that really necessary, tasteful, uh, graceful <laughs> depictions of male and female bodies. <laughs> I'm describing well, I, this Okay, here's right? the thing. There are many hot springs, and you do get to see William. Uh, you don't get to see his dong, but you do get to see him stripped down and then <laughs> take a nice little dog in the- hot bath. There's no dong. Uh, <laughs> well, there's our back-of-the-box quote, everybody. Neo. Dong-free. <laughs> Thus far, anyway. I can't make any guarantees. Um, There was a character who (laughs) I was very taken aback. I was was not, uh, I was just mystified, really, because I was doing some optional dialogue with him, and he was like, never treat women as lesser than you, because sometimes they will put on armor and go into battle, too. So do not look down on them. (laughs) And I was like... I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe this is a, like, a period of history type thing, and it's Japan, ancient Japan. So, Or maybe that's a modern viewpoint put into I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the, the I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> that factor, that's good. Uh Moving, moving on to the next subject in our podcast. Last week we talked about uh, Pack South. Dave and Susan were on their way to Pack South, and they were going to play some things. And Susan, you actually talked about in exhaustive detail uh, an old, old version of a game that was going to be there that you were really excited to see how it had changed. Yes. And uh, this is this is Edith Finch. Yes. And you were you were you were pleased. I was, yeah. So a year and a half ago, about 18 months ago, I played a version of Edith Finch, and I got to play the exact same level again. And it was at, at 18 months ago, there was clearly really neat ideas at work, but damn, it was broken. It was janky, <laughs> and it was just like, okay, that's 
that's nice. <laughs> but uh, now I played it again, and I got to play the exact same level and then another one as well. And it's just gotten such a complete overhaul. Visually, it's gorgeous. There's all sorts of really interesting detail that helps tell the story. The controls all work perfectly. They've they've ripped out everything that wasn't working and just made it so that you are taking part in this story, but you're not fighting the story. Was really 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 happy to see how far it's come because it's gone from being hey this is a this is an interesting idea to this is going to be a really special experience for people when mm. it comes to PS4 and I believe PC. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have a question actually. So Susan, yes. you said you played the second level which has like a swing in it? Correct. Yes. Uh and so I I got to see the game at uh Oh gosh, what was the show? It might have been. Was PSX. it PSX? It was I PSX, think it was probably. PSX. Um, and they were telling me like uh, each, so you kind of relive the memories of each person in your family. Uh, yes. And they were saying they want a different like progression mechanic for each person, which I thought was really interesting. So mm-hmm. I don't want to give away what the the little girls was, but is the swing one like completely different in how you? Yes. Yeah, so the the shtick of it is, for those of you who aren't familiar with What Remains of Edith Finch, you are returning home to your family home after about seven years. You were last there for someone's funeral. You haven't been back in a really long time because your family is messed up. I mean, (laughs) messed up. Every single member of your family has disappeared in a strange way. Not And not all at once. This isn't like, you know, when aliens came down and, and took all of them. Like, one by one, everybody in your family has disappeared. And... Their bedrooms were sealed shut by your mom. Like as people started disappearing, she's just like, "Forget it. We're gonna we're gonna hermetically seal their bedrooms." And then your grandma was like, "Okay, fine, but I'm gonna drill peepholes in them so I can still look in there." Your family is messed up. And the house so, is built like each person's room is stacked on top of their yeah. parents. Yes, like each. The, the house is basically what you would get if you let a five-year-old make a house. Like, you just gave him a room, and this is Timmy's bedroom. Where is Timmy's room? It goes here! It's, it's Like, that's how the house is built. It's really, really interesting to walk through. It's an interesting space. Each room, just the way it's arranged and decorated, tells its own story. There's a secret passage that gets you into each room, which you access by unlocking a book because oh by the way your mom also put padlocks on a bunch of books in the house it's really messed up I think I was I was telling Susan I was like oh so it's like it's like a Tim Burton movie before he got corporate sponsorship from Hot Topic (laughs) yes it's pretty accurate actually so I, I don't like okay so it's a, it's an air quote walking simulator I don't and, and and yes you are reliving the memories of your relatives I really don't want anybody out there to get the idea that this is some kind of twee sweet reminiscence that is going to tug at your heartstrings because I need to emphasize that your family <laughs> is messed up but uh the but what's really cool. Each of the levels represents a different member of your family, and some are really small and will only take, you know, maybe 90 seconds to get through, and then some are larger and will take maybe 10 minutes to get through. What I really liked about uh, Calvin's story, he's, he's the kid on the swing, mm-hmm. so you're holding your uh, PS4 controller, and you're on a swing. So what do you do on a swing? Well, you swing on a swing. 
how do you swing? You kick your feet back and forth. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll use the left stick to do that. Well, mm. that moved my left foot. Huh. Oh. So you have to move the right and left stick together just like you would move your right and left feet <laughs> that's together clever. to swing the swing. Because that's all you see, your perspective. You're sitting in the, in the swing, and all you see is your feet. So I just thought that was a really nice, tiny detail. Yeah. Yeah. Control like that is great. It's so Uh, cool. It's so, you know, people freaked out when Starbreeze made that game Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons a couple of years ago. Yes. And it's so, I I love that game. I, I think people freaked out about it for very good reason. But its control scheme is never imitated. And uh, it's so cool to hear that the Edith Finch guys are doing the same sort of uh, just leaving you free to figure out the physicality of the controls. Yes. I'm glad to hear that they're getting rid, they've fixed some of the buggy stuff. Oh, yeah. Like there was a, there was a sequence before. So the Molly's story is all about, she transforms into different animals because she's, she's hungry. The whole thing is she's very, very hungry. So first she transforms into a cat to try and catch a bird. And then she becomes an owl and catches rabbits and, and so on and so forth. So you had to catch three rabbits and the controls were so awful. Like I was passing them by. I was like three fields over. I'm like, okay, fine. I finally found this damn bunny. And it's like, Psh! and the bunny's like, bro, really? Wow. Okay. It was bad. And then it, oh, it was just, it was not. And like, it took me forever just to catch the first one. I'm like, you got, I got to catch two more. Are you kidding me right now? And uh, similarly, there, there's a shark and you have to catch a seal. But it's uh, you, you just kind of give him a flesh wound on the first pass, so you have to find him again. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, there'll there'll be a blood trail eventually." I'm like, "Eventually, great." Right now, I'm just swimming through muck, <laughs> looking for this seal, hoping I run into him and get close enough that I can eat it. That's all been fixed. It works beautifully now. You are you never feel like you're at odds with the game. You absolutely feel a part of it. It is very, very organic, the motion and the control, and the stories are just so well told. I really cannot wait for other people to get to experience this. What is the timeline for this one coming out at this point? That one, uh, end of April. End of April. End of April. Man, that's exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. I, there have been a couple of moments in the past two weeks where people are starting to you can hear like the rumbles of next generation of consoles in some uh, stories out there. The thing that popped in my head was uh, they Square had a Final Fantasy event oh, for the God. 30th anniversary this past week. Yeah. <laughs> and the producer of Final Fantasy VII Remake, Yoshinori Katase, in the middle of his talking about the game, said... Well, we expect there to be opportunity for the subsequent episodes of Final Fantasy VII Remake to be improved by next-generation consoles. And I was like, no. No, it's not. (laughs) No! It's not time yet! It's not... To let let this thing sit. Like, the PlayStation 4. Who cares that you can make a more powerful PC? Nobody gives a shit. Like, just continue to make cheaper and higher quality games for this thing that everybody has. And every single time that I hear a new PS4 game is coming out, 
things like Edith Finch, I'm like, good. Yes. Excellent. Please don't make it PS4 Pro only. <laughs> That's stupid. We don't need that shit yet. Just stay on target. This thing. Uh, man, that's awesome. There's, this spring is just unbelievable uh, for new stuff. Uh, in March and April, we've got Near Persona. <laughs> Persona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that'll be perfect. Perso- Edith Finch will be like the thing that, like, when you need to to shake out that twenty hour session with Persona Five. When my hand is cramping up because I've been playing Persona for eight right. hours straight. <laughs> have you guys? Have you guys? You're familiar with the website howlongtobeat.com? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Great site. Great site. Uh, How long to beat's profile for Persona Five <laughs> says. Main story, non-completionist, 109 hours. No. Get on the bus, everybody. No. That's a I lot refuse. of hours. 109 hours. No. Yep. And I will happily sign up for that. Yes, I will. Uh, yeah. I'll be uh, all about it. Really, really quick side note. I swear to God, we're not going to talk about this long because I'm sure our listeners are like, if you bring up Dragon Quest one more time, I'm going to stab you oh in my the neck, Anthony. I'm, Jesus, stop it. I just, I don't, don't I, all I want to say is we talked about Dragon Quest Eight recently because it just came out on 3DS and we were all like, oh, that game takes 100 hours. It does not. Really? Uh, yeah. Like uh, a friend of mine, friend of the show, actually, uh, has told me that if you play it and like completionist getting the second ending and everything mm-hmm. 57 hours what? because yeah and because you can speed up the battles and there are oh. no longer random battles so oh. with random battles taken out that's pretty great 50 I mean, hours that's the way it ought to be <laughs> i am i am yeah i am down see here's the thing that i've always loved about persona is it's grinding is organic, right? Like you're always in the dungeon. You are going from the entrance to the boss. Yep. And just encountering whatever you encounter, getting from point A to point B, you will be leveled enough to take on yeah. that boss. Yeah. You don't have to. There's nothing. There's nothing extra thrown in. You know, it's just it's very on point. But now it's going to be very interesting because the dungeons aren't random anymore. Right. They're they're uh, and. Very sort of precisely laid out. Yeah. And I, from from what I'm told, it's it, they're just that damn big. Like yep. that's that's what it is. Yeah. Like, the reason this game took so long to make is that they're the same size as Persona Four and Three Dungeons, but they're designed by mm. hand rather than being procedurally generated, which is <laughs> banana pants. Um, banana yeah. pants. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Banana pants, which is armor you can get in the third stage. But. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Susan, there was another game from uh, PAX South that yes. had, had tweaked your uh, fancy. Uh, yeah. So when I made the appointment to see what remains of either Finch, which I really wanted to see, to see how, where it had come, they're like, oh, can you also see this other game, Goragoa? And I did it to be nice. Yeah. Right? Cause like, cause this is this is what happens. There's a little behind the curtain for you. Devs and publishers, they know, they know you're there for this big ticket game, and they will shoehorn you into seeing the other stuff. They'll be like, "Look, we got gotcha. you. 
<laughs> we're going to make you look at this other crap because you're here and you're trapped and we're going to do it and you're going to be polite. And, it ha- and, and that's how it, it, and they're right. They know it. That's what we do. Uh, so, so but sometimes, but sometimes, but then sometimes, well, sometimes then you tell them no, and they get this look on their face. Like, oh, I'll <laughs> like you've killed their dog. <laughs> I'll, uh, I got a cut guys, but I'll see you later. Going to go play some games. So oh, all right, court. Lucas. Bye Lucas. So, okay. So real quick side note, uh, a couple years ago at E3, I wanted to see puppeteer. I got taken back to the room where, where Sony had all the games and I was waiting to play Puppeteer and, and waiting and waiting. And the PR dude came over and was like, oh, well, you know, can you go play Killzone? I'm like, no. <laughs> I came here to play Puppeteer. I'm going to stand into this, in this spot until I get to play that damn game. You can suck it with your Killzone. And he just looked at me. He did not know what to do. The, I, I kind of felt bad because the expression on his face was like, fuck. Nobody said no before. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And for Puppeteer of all things. Uh, But I love that game. That game is a masterpiece. But anyway. Susan, I don't want to derail you even further. Yes. Like, this is is not rhetorical. And I'm not trying to take the piss out of anybody. So somebody, please tweet at us. If if you have an answer in the affirmative for me, who gives a fuck about Killzone? There are, there, are there people. They do exist. There, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, maybe not anymore. I right. I mean, like now that like oh the Killzone Two trailer, the PS3 reveal was totally real. Like now that nobody has a horse in that race. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, is there anybody that like now that nobody is trying to prove that spending six hundred dollars right. on a PlayStation Three at launch. Right. was a good idea. It's a Halo killer. I don't know what you guys are talking Whoa. about. It's uh, it's gonna oh, take the world. I will say that the Vita game, Killzone Mercenaries, not bad. Okay. That's about the best I can say about yeah. that series, though. So, th- this is the thing. That's the secret truth, is that there are two great Killzone games, and they're both portable. Yeah. Because Killzone Liberation for PSP is also awesome, but it has nothing to do with Killzone other than the setting. It doesn't play anything like it. I just, like, like I think Killzone Shadowfall... It's it's awful. It's so bad. Yeah, the PlayStation 4 <laughs> launch title. Killzone, 2, uh, Killzone Shadowfall makes Knack look like the Ulysses of video games. Yes. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa. I'm saying it. I'm whoa, saying it. Whoa. Yes. Knack, yep. Knack is rooted in this sort of retro style that like we we've grown out of Killzone is just like Killzone Shadowfall is just badly designed Killzone's just bad it's just bad oh, wait, wait, wait 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 okay Beyond Two Souls or Shadowfall I would play Beyond Two Souls I would play Beyond Two Souls a half a dozen times oh, before I play oh, Killzone Shadowfall yeah. again Jesus yeah. okay yeah. Alrighty. Yep. Because I can appreciate Beyond Two Souls in the same way that I appreciate like Birdemic. Uh, in, like, well, there's, there's a back of the box for you. Just like there's a comedy inherent in how how absolutely silly that game becomes. Okay. Uh, Killzone Shadowfall. There's a sequence near the end of that game where you are free falling. Uh, with like a wingsuit or something and it is the worst it is probably the worst sequence I've ever played in a video game in my entire life it is it is just like you like there's no like the controls are bad you're constantly falling into the earth because of it and um, 
the load times are so bad <laughs> that because you're dying so often, you have to st- the the checkpoint. Uh, it's just oh, okay. We are way off topic. <laughs> yeah, we're way we're way we're way but that far game is away bad. from Gorgoa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. But a game that is good, <laughs> although its name is garbage. Uh, the the game is called Goro Goa. Go. Oh, it's not Gor. <laughs> all right. I when you said that the first time, all I could think of was the classic. Toho Studios, not Godzilla movie from the fifties, Gorgo. But yeah. that's probably they probably weren't say, going for a Gorgo. Riff. No, that's and not it's not happening. Gorgonzola. And it's not, Johnny not. Cage isn't going to do the splits and say those are five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole, and then punch it's, Goro in the crotch. No. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's now it is possible that the name is is in some way meaningful. Uh, I certainly don't know what that is if it's true. But it's it's an it's a word that is not going to connect with anything in your brain. So as soon as it's in there, it's going to go right back out. So I really implore you guys write it down, <laughs> so that when the game comes out this summer, you go, oh wait, that's the game Susan told us was awesome, and you play it because it's it's so good, it's remarkable, it's just really special. So it's taken it's one dude. It's taken about seven years to make. The art is all hand-drawn and is just this incredibly beautiful watercolor sketch work. Stunning. It's just stunning. We have pictures of it on the site. I mean, it's just ridiculous how good-looking this game is. And it's a puzzle game. And it Holy tells crap. You- this is a video game? I'm looking Thank at you. screenshots of it right now. Yep. Yeah, it's nuts. Okay, so here's, here's how it works. It's a puzzle game. It tells you absolutely nothing. Now, the thing with a lot of puzzle games is you can figure out what you're trying to do, and then it's about, okay, well, how do I do it? right? Gorogoa tells you neither. It's just like, here. And then it walks away and it's like, whatever. So you have a, uh, up to four tiles in a two by two square. And some of the tiles can be stacked on top of each other, some attached to each other. Uh, sometimes you can zoom into or out of the scene in a tile. And that's how you solve puzzles. You might have a doorway in one. That's a cutout. If you lay that over top of a meadow, then the kid standing next to the doorway can walk through it into the meadow. And then you take the the doorway away and now he can roam around the meadow and do whatever he needs to do there. Or a, a, a you might snap two tiles together and now a bird who is hanging out on the very, very edge of a branch can hop along it to get to the center of the tree. Stuff like that. So the entire time you're experimenting by moving these panels around, but because you only have at most four, it's never overly frustrating because mm. you, you can only do so many things, right? So it's always just the perfect level. You, you can feel your brain being stretched, right? Like it's, it's, that, it's, it's very, very portal in that way. Like portals controls are simple. You stick one portal here, you stick another portal somewhere else, you go in one, you come out the other, done. That's it. That's all you've got. And then it's applying that to the individual challenge that makes that makes you smarter as you go and you start feeling more and more clever and you're, you're stymied for a little bit, but then the solution comes to you and you're just amazed at how elegant it is. It's very, very portal in that way. I, I just, I can't. I cannot stress enough how good this game is. Yeah, like like games games are lucky if they have one or two really big mind blowing moments, and this game yeah. does it 
every single minute. Like you, you put True. a thing over, and you're just like, "Oh my god, that no, what?" And then you're like, "Okay," and then you figure out the next puzzle, and you're like, "Oh, oh god, it did it again! It did it again!" And it, like it just it keeps doing it and finding new ways to 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 twist your brain in these really interesting ways. It's awesome. Play I'm it. looking. I'm just like entranced by the art right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm having. Trouble thinking of, like, a nice visual reference point. If anybody's listening to this and, you know, like, they're jogging or driving or something and can't automatically look it up, it, it sort of uh, reminds me of the children's book author, Chris Van Allsburg, who created Jumanji and the Polar Express. It's a little... I was, I was going to go with Maurice Sendak. Maurice Sendak. Very yeah. Maurice Sendak. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, as far as something else in video games, this is... There, I, there's nothing. There's no visual touchstone yeah. that kind of really compares to this. It's lovely. Uh, see, PC and mobile, huh? Yes, is, it is. is it's, it's a perfect mobile tile because all all you're doing is just dragging tiles to in a two by two square. There's you know a tile can only go to one of the three other spots. That's it. That's oh, all man. you can do with it. Put so that, it's going to be amazing. Put that business on a Nintendo Switch. Put oh, that, sure. please, please. <laughs> I, Nintendo, help that this man or woman. Who's man. the creator? Man. Oh gosh, what's his? I can't remember what his name is. Please put this gentleman's game on your thing to do, uh, so we can play it. Man, that sounds awesome. It's uh, like stupid good. It's so good. Man, uh, highly. If when you, when you're near a device, go look at the trailer. Just just look it up. G-O-R-O-G-O-A. Look and, uh, it up. If you, if you go into the Googles and just type in Gorogoa, that's G-O-R-O-G-O-A, and Games Radar, you can read Susan's preview of it. And Jason uh, Roberts is the guy. Jason Roberts. Man, Jason Roberts. Man, I'm, I'm really excited about this before. You know, I, I actually had uh, just sort of uh, missed out our, on our coverage of this over the course of the week, because usually, uh, usually I get to all of our content a day or so late, because I'm pushing it out on our social networks after the fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and somehow, somehow, I, I just hadn't looked closely beyond the I logo uh, that's in the header image for this. But man, I, this looks really, really cool. Uh, Dave, yeah, you played some things yeah. at uh, at Pack South too. Yeah, uh, and I have one very okay. important question for you. Yes, about what you played. Yes, will you milk with me? Yes, I will milk Dave! with you. Dave, yes, yes, Anthony. Dave, you know this. This, this, this is not even a question. Milking? Dave, <laughs> let's go milking. Hey, hi. I really do wonder how, like, it's not like Wii Sports with 1-2 Switch. Wii Sports, you could walk up to your grandpa and be like, hey man, you want a bowl? Well, I have a video game bowling, and that makes sense. But going up to a family member to get them interested in your gaming machine, I just, I find it questionable <laughs> what opportunities there are to, to demand that somebody milk with you. Hey, everybody, come milk with me! No, no, we're done. We're done doing the one We're not going to do that again. Everybody, if there is a slight interruption in the show right there, we apologize. Uh, Susan Arndt uh, unfortunately lost her internet connection, 
as we were recording the show and is not able to get it back. She just dropped us a line uh, via via text message yes, to let us know. Yeah, if you read my book, uh, but it's Dave, called uh, Technology is Bad Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Technology is... Wasn't that written by Ted Kaczynski? Probably, Isn't that uh, a... Uh, okay. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of the te- Unabomber's Manifesto, yeah. everybody. Uh, no, Dave, you got to you got to play uh, the Nintendo Switch across the board. You played 1-2 Switch, you played Zelda. Yeah, I played uh, uh, Splatoon. Uh, Splatoon 2, I'm sorry. not Sp- It should have been Splatoon with a 2 in the title, whatever. Um, that's what I'm going to call it. Uh, played... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the other game that we played. God. Oh, we played ARMS, too, as well. Oh, so you also- played ARMS! Yes. I didn't realize you played ARMS! Yes. So yeah, we got a we got a rundown of a bunch of different Switch games. I got to hold the the thing on my hand. I got to use the Pro Controller. I got to do the thing where you play the system um, on the TV, and then you pick up the system out of the thing, and it goes boop on the system. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I got kind of a, the the whole shebang. Uh, so tell me, I mean. How did it feel? Like we we've talked about the show uh, on this. We talked about the show. We've talked about the switch so much over the past month on the show right. that I'm curious how it actually feels in your hand now that you've actually held it. Yeah, it's oh okay. So the pro controller feels great. Like I don't know about seventy dollars mm. great, but it feels like it, <laughs> it, it feels like you would expect a uh, like a controller in the year twenty seventeen to feel. It feels it's like it's well built. The buttons uh, well built. The buttons are nice. Um, it, it it is a it is a good solid. Like it, it's got a nice weight to it. Um, it. It feels more more pro than the Wii U Pro controller does because the Wii, Wii U Pro controller like felt kind of like a toy sometimes uh yeah but like the 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 switch pro controller it's got a nice heft to it it's 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 solid um and i mean hey it's got the hd rumble and you can use amiibos with it so i mean (laughs) if you really want to do that go to town (laughs) but yeah and then we also uh for like for arms and for uh one two switch and for uh like when i played zelda i started out on the pro controller and then we put it down and then we picked the system up out of the dock, and I used the, uh, the the Joy-Cons, which were attached to the side of the Switch there. And uh, playing the the games, uh, play, like playing Zelda with the Joy-Cons as like normal controllers, it actually reminds me a lot of the Vita. Like a much... Really? Yeah, like a much nicer Vita. Uh, the buttons have that same kind... Like they're kind of small... They have a similar kind of give, but mm. everything feels a lot more comfortable. Like, because the Vita, mm. the Vita, the way that the shoulders are positioned, like the shoulder buttons are positioned on it, the way that the the Vita makes you use the rear touch panel, like a like like it, <laughs> you, it's really easy to get a severe case of claw hand when you're when you're playing. I, I really, I wonder, did any did anybody at Sony when they when they put in the rear touch panel? Like, did anybody ever be like, maybe we shouldn't do this, guys? Like, maybe, maybe this isn't. Maybe this isn't the best idea. idea. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> like maybe, um, you know, we we only stopped to think if we could, and we never stopped to think if we should. <laughs> or like, is it like an Emperor's New Clothes situation? Like somebody put it in there, 
and the 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 engineer that put in the rear touchscreen like touchpad rather was having a really bad day <laughs> so the other engineers were like no no it's great it's fine it's, it's great. great yeah it's so yeah, good yeah. good job a little deviance will be awesome <laughs> don't worry about it uh so yeah so like it has it has a very similar feel but like because the joy cons are on the side of this much larger screen um oh i also got to play mario kart 8 i forgot about that like that was talked off and like if you went to like their little main presentation stage to the sides of the stage they actually had demo units set up that you didn't have to 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 wait in line for you just kind of had to slide up and be like i'm gonna sit in this fake airplane thing and then you play around the mario kart um holy crap i did not realize that that's crazy yeah so I didn't realize you got to you got to there was way more playable there than I realized. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff there, and the, like then they also had uh, they had Street Fighter, Bomberman R, and Sniffer Clips there, which I didn't get a chance to play, unfortunately. I've heard that's great though. I've heard like Sniffer Clips is actually yeah no really Sniffer Clips cool. looks legit. Um, but uh, and like uh, there's another booth that had uh, like Frozen Bite was there with half uh, ha- or Has Been Heroes, which is another Switch game. But they also had like PS4 and Xbox One builds, and I think they were just running off of a PC dev kit or something with the different controllers hooked up to it. Um, but but yeah, so so like the the because the screen is bigger, because the buttons are more spaced out, and because the 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 buttons are like laid out on a larger device. Everything feels more comfortable than it does on the Vita, but it like in portable mode at any rate, the system very much mm. feels like. Uh, I mean, it feels like a handheld. It feels like 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 a like a nice Vita. Um, mm. The using the Joy Cons by themselves, like so when when you're playing Arms, uh, you hold them like you're holding gloves or like fists or whatever, and the the whole system is way smaller than it seems especially like in videos and stuff like the joy cons are yeah. tiny they are small I've heard that. um and i like i personally didn't mind them because like i i have fairly normal like i, I you know i'm six feet tall but uh, my hands are like kind of normal size but sam was complaining about uh his big meaty claws like kind of overshadowing these tiny controllers and he didn't uh, he, he didn't have as good an experience like playing some of the games as I did but uh, mm. but the like arms uh, is like it's like we boxing if it was fun uh, like ar- arms is actually <laughs> it, arms is pretty cool like and, it, and like once you figure out it takes about a round to really figure out how it's sensing your movements but once you get it it's pretty cool. Like you just you, you punch and you can twist your punches uh, to send your fists off in different directions, and you can choose different loadouts. And like certain fists have like one of them is a three prong thing, so it's like each hit is less powerful, but there's three of them, so like you can kind of wing someone with one of them to to help like take their guard down. Um, so that's cool. Uh, one two switch is weird, man. It's so weird. I kind of love it. Um, I don't know how it's going to hold up as sort of a party game, just because each of the games takes like a couple seconds to play. Uh, well, did you get to play it without the motion controls of the Joy Cons? Um, like, how do you mean? Oh no, wait. I'm I, like I, I'm asking if you got to like like play like motion controlled Switch games. Without the motion controls, because I know you can do that with arms and other things. So I pl- we played. Like, um, 
So we played Splatoon that had the motion controls enabled, uh, but it was on the but pro, you, it was on the pro but not controller. without it. Yeah, no, they didn't have that all right. available. Um, Damn it! Yeah, one two switch is all motion controls. Arms was it's all motion yeah, controls. And the the demo for Arms was motion controls. Zelda was normal, and has been here yeah. as normal. And uh, I was kind of wondering if one two switch had like a WarioWare or Rhythm Heaven sort of button interface I since don't, they were so insistent on having I don't think so because probably like, not. like yeah because each of the games is so specifically designed so like the 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 yeah. the, the, the gunfight one you have the to, milking yeah the milking you, you like there's no way to replicate that with buttons and like it even uses yeah. the buttons like you have to press the buttons moving from your top like your index finger down to your pinky to press the shoulder buttons as you're uh, pulling this controller down uh, Sam and I locked eyes for a good minute and a half. Uh, he says he kicked my ass. He beat me by one glass, so don't listen to... Don't believe his lies. Um, so so there was that. There, we played the gun, the gunfight one, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. And we played the... Because we wanted to check out the HD Rumble, and so we played the one where, like, it's... Uh, your controller simulates this this wooden box that's filled with ball bearings and you have to move the controller around in your hand and feel like to, to feel out how many balls are in this controller and and make a guess uh, as to how many there are and like it is weird man because you're moving yeah. it around and, <laughs> and the balls all like they all react to like physics because like they showed us like yeah like once you finish a round you actually see the box and how many balls are in the box on the screen and as you're moving the controller around in your hand the box is moving on the screen and the balls are moving on the screen and their position in the box is replicated in the controller and like as you tilt it down they'll all roll and they'll all smack the wall at the same time so like it oh it is like it works it it really does, yeah. and it's just it is like uh, I hope that other games actually make use of it. I th I saw a press release for an indie game coming out this spring called Tumble Seed, which looks really cool. It's like a it's a rogue like that looks like Ho Hokum, and like you move these seeds up uh, a two dimensional board while moving this plank around with both analog sticks. And they said that like they're making specific use of the HD Rumble, like they want it to be a flagship title. For the HD Rumble, mm -hmm. so uh... man, like this all sounds. I, you and I actually talked about this yesterday. That I keep going back and forth on whether or not I'm gonna get one two switch to go with my switch. Yeah, and I, like all of this stuff sounds so cool. Like it's like I want to try this like game where you're trying to figure out how many balls are in the box. Yeah. Uh, but at the exact same time, like you were just saying, I don't like you don't know how this is gonna play as a party game. Yeah. Uh, I like Wii Sports. You sit there and it, everything in it, you can see showing it to people, and they're like, "Let's do it again." Yeah, we play. Like, Let's like, do it again. Like my wife and I will still like we have Wii Sports <laughs> on the Wii U, and we'll still play bowling, like for an hour. Um, yeah, yeah, because it's, it's the bowling. best. Like we. It's bowling. It's so good. It's so much fun. But, like... I can't... Yeah, like, each of these games... I can't imagine asking somebody to be like, Oh, oh yeah, well, will thank you... you with me? <laughs> no, well... <laughs> not just, like... But, like, now I'm thinking about how much worse it is after that. Be like, Oh, thank you for milking with me. Do you want to... 
milk again? Milk again? Yeah, and like cause each of the games are so they're so short. Um, yeah. And it takes a couple seconds. To, like it, it takes kind of a while for the games to load back up again. Like once you decide you want to play it again, uh, and and yeah, it's like okay, once you do it two or three times, like the the gunfight one, it's like oh that's neat. Uh, let's play something else. And if if there yeah. aren't enough games in that package, fifty dollars seems like a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah But I mean, like, like just it, just hearing the, just hearing your rundown. That's that's not worth. Yeah, but like, I mean, if there were fifty games in there, like, yeah, I could sure. see that because it's something like, okay, well, you know, sure, you play each game once or twice at a party, but you'll play every single one. That's a good couple hours, and that's something that like the novelty of it is enough that you could break it out at a party and be like, let's just run through all these again. I mean, you know, assuming they're all good, but uh, but yeah, if it's just like ten. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. But, but I mean, like the Switch is a concept. Um I'm really into it. I love my yeah. Vita. The Vita means life. I mean, you've heard me say this before. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, and but but the thing is is that the Vita, the, it's an it it is a it is a dog of a platform by this point. Like like we we've we've spoken to to a ton of independent developers and we're all like, "Port your games to Vita, please." Please yeah. do it. Yeah. And, like every single one is just like, we would love to. We that platform is not to. as powerful as it looks. It has like two hundred fifty six yeah. or yeah two hundred fifty six megabytes of RAM or something like that. Whereas the PS four has like what is it four eight gigs? Yeah, eight, eight gigs eight, of RAM. Eight. So it's like even something like Enter the Gungeon, which doesn't look like that intensive, like because it's storing so much information. Uh, like with the pixels and like leaving enemies on the ground and leaving objects on the ground, it's like if they put that on the Vita, they would have to scale all of that back, and that's yeah. um, just not feasible. Where something like the Switch is like it is a it is a it is a better Vita. The screen, this people aren't giving enough credit to the screen. I don't think the screen looks nice. I was playing Mario Kart on that, and I was just like, "Holy crap! Sixty frames a second. This game looks beautiful." Like because I was playing mm. in the portable mode, and it's just like it's it looks stellar. And, uh, like, having the Switch as sort of the, like, a replacement for the Vita as, like, okay, well, here you're gonna, you're actually gonna get solid first-party support now, because Nintendo's mm-hmm. gonna, like, make Zelda and Mario and, like, every game that you like. And if they can get a solid stable of indies on it, like, I don't know, I, I, I could see that as being a success. I don't know about, like, like they're... The president of Nintendo is talking about how they think it's going to sell like Wii numbers, and I'm like, <laughs> "You're a weirdo." Um, yeah, but what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, because like, you, like I don't think anyone at Nintendo expected the Wii to do as well as it did, and to say that the Switch is going to copy those numbers, uh, I I think is being a little optimistic. I think it'll be successful, yeah. um, and I think that if Nintendo like continues to like lean into you know ma- making sure that there are enough games like filling out their slate of titles like not necessarily w- with big third party stuff like you know EA will make FIFA and they'll be like yeah no, we're done no. but if it's just like hey they're just... let's get some solid indie games on this thing that you can take on like Stardew yeah. Valley on the go great done yep like that that's perfect and gonna... yeah that's gonna sell for a lot of people or something like a- uh... a- just have a release schedule akin to the 3DS yeah just do that, and you'll you'll be good. And I, you know, something I find, 
I think that is very encouraging about the future of the Switch is that we've seen on the PlayStation 4 a willingness by publishers to fund games and on, on behalf of the audience to buy games that are not constantly on the visual cutting edge. Yes. That like that they're not like pushing the maximum power of what the machine 1080p or bust. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, we we can have things that uh, you know, like I love. I think Yakuza Zero is a beautiful game, yes. and I love playing Yakuza Zero. But Yakuza Zero doesn't look as good as a Uncharted Four. Right. You know, uh, it, it's. A visually rich game, but it's not I mean, as visually yeah, dense. Yeah, Yakuza of a game. Zero definitely looks like a PS3 game that's been like enhanced. Uh, well, it looks like a uh, yeah, an enhanced PlayStation 3 game, and like I don't think that people care right. as much as uh, publishers and platform holders thought. Like, as they long did as it's clean, past. like that's yeah, a, a clean it just and has runs to look well. clean. That's the thing I think is like. Like, you look at something like yeah. Super Mario Odyssey, or, like, even Super Mario 3D World, and while people right. were arguing about, oh, Xbox One is 900p and PS4, like, <laughs> right. like Nintendo right. is quietly releasing these games at 1080p, 60 frames a second that look amazing! That look amazing, and, I like, I think that the Switch will benefit from games that don't, they don't even have to look that good. They don't yeah. even have to be at the level of a Mario Kart 8 or a Super Mario yeah. 3D World, they'll just they'll look. But like good. I I, I watched uh, Sam play Rhyme, which is the new uh, Tequila Works game. That's like a, it's like a team eco-y puzzle solving game, no combat, really just really resplendent, bright colors, uh, interesting puzzle stuff. Uh, really looking forward to that. And then like yeah, they said yeah, it's gonna be on the Switch. Uh, they're not sure about whether it's gonna make it day and date with the other platforms, but they're trying. And like hearing that and going like okay yes this may be a higher resolution like 1080p on my ps4 but being able to take a game that looks like that on the go uh and if it like looks basically the same because it's like it's a cartoonier look right like it's less it's less dense as far as like textures and pixels or whatever um sure yeah, I'll, like, I'll get the Switch version, because I want to play that on the go. I want to be able to take that game yeah. with me, and I want to be able to play it on my terms, not on, like, on a TV that I have to lock myself down to. What was Zelda like in portable mode? Uh, I actually think it ran a little better. Uh, yeah, really? Well, because I, I, I think that, like, like when it scales it down to 720p for that screen, that, like, it's a little smoother. I noticed some hitching in, mm. like, frames and stuff playing on the TV, but once I was playing on the system itself, it seemed a lot smoother. Uh, but no, it but you're looks... Getting, you're getting that feeling of scale. Oh, and, yeah, it looks know, great. And... It looks spectacular. Um, it just... Man, that game... I... <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the, 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 the demo that they showed was basically the same one that we played at E3 last year. It was just that, that first little area. Uh, I didn't even get to make it as far as you did, like, through that little dungeon thing. But, um, but yeah, it's... It's cool. I can't wait. Um, I think, like, and as uh, I, I've been working on our upcoming Switch games for, uh, like, like the list of games that have been announced and released and stuff, uh, the launch day, or at least the launch window of March and April is starting to look a lot better now that like, more and more mm. games are getting announced. Like, 
you know, Binding of Isaac is launch day, and hey, uh, Tomorrow Corporation's World of Goo, uh, Little Inferno, and Human Resource Machine are launch day as well, and, you know, Ryan is coming in May, and uh, the, the it's starting to look more and more like an actual system launch, rather than just the milking game in Zelda, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Thank God! Uh, Although, milking is all I yes. need. Uh, you did play one more Switch game that I'm actually curious yeah. about, which is has been Heroes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's from the the studio that made the the Trine series, which is kind of a weird. Which I I have never played two. Uh, I love the original. Yeah. I really liked the first one. Uh, very charming little. Yeah, thing. and like it, it's it was interesting to talk to them uh, about like, hey, you guys made like three. 3D physics puzzle platformers, and now you're making this weird roguelike thing. And it was just like, yeah, like they just, they just came up with an idea, they prototyped it, they really liked it, and then they just built on it. And uh, it's essentially it is a roguelike uh, game. It is like a roguelike RPG that is all about lane management and uh, strategy. It's like Plants vs Zombies meets the combat of Final Fantasy, if that makes any sense so you, you like your your characters are marching to the right and you, the enemies are marching to the left and okay. you have to like each of your heroes has a specific set of abilities and spells and what you're trying to do is you send uh, an, uh one of your heroes out to attack and once they're out to attack their lane is free so you can pause the action at any time and uh, the action automatically pauses when you send out a melee attack so you can pause the action, and then you can switch lanes. So what you want to do is you say, like, okay, well, my rogue hits three times. This enemy has three stamina. So what I'll do is I'll send my rogue out to hit three times, and that'll wear down its stamina, so now I can actually hit its health. So action is paused. I will switch out my, uh, my warrior, who does one hit, but it's really strong, and I'll send him, him out to attack. And then it's like, okay, so he's attacking, action's paused again. Then I have a wizard who's like, okay, well, any enemy that's like currently be being melee attacked, I can hit them with this spell, and it'll cause a chain reaction. So you can huh. send out that spell. And it's all about managing like each of these lanes and setting up these crazy combos. And uh, they build on top of that with these uh, with the roguelike trapping. So you, you run around, you, you move from room to room on this map, uh, sometimes you get into battles, sometimes you'll open up, like, shrines or find a shop and you buy items, and then you fight a boss, and once you make it to the end of two maps, I think they said, and you beat the boss there, you'll start back over at the beginning, but you'll unlock a new hero, and then you go through it again, and you have to do four maps this time before you can unlock a new hero, and so on and so on, until you beat the game. Hmm. And it's just, like, it's a really kind of simple, small game, but uh, the just the 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 loop of figuring out how to do these combos, how to pull them off over and over and over and over again, is really satisfying. Like I was I I was not expecting to be as impressed with it as I was, and I think that like because it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch, but I think that it's like a really good fit for the Switch just because it you know each battle takes five minutes. Uh, you can pause and quit at any time, so it's like really, it's really built for this sort of pick up and play uh, kind of style. So, 
So yeah, look for that. Cool. Uh, that's coming out March twenty eighth on all platforms. Man, I I can't I can't remember the last time a new console or handheld was coming out where every single game that is playable for it ahead of time people are like yeah this is good yeah. this is something i'd actually want well, to play the, it's not some launch lineup yeah, bullshit a, like this is a real like, game and that's the thing like a lot of people are saying like oh nintendo's launch lineup is weak it was like yeah okay there aren't as many games right like announced right now sure but really how many people were really excited to play knack right right you know what i mean like like nah. xbox one had rise son of rome like dead rising 3 was good i like that game but like the rest of it was just the your standard like hey we have a right. sports game but it's missing all the features because we had to build this for next gen <laughs> you know what i mean right, whereas like, right. the switch is like no, you have we have zelda like come on yeah and it really in a lot of ways the switch launch lineup reminds me of the dreamcast launch yeah lineup. Where, you know, there there are some really, really promising standards, uh, some really, really weird side experiments, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then just some stuff over the next few months yeah. after that first mm-hmm. release that are, are going to yeah, be great. I just, I just wish that Nintendo had communicated a little bit better. Um, I mean, like, they had their sizzle reel, but there were no release dates or anything. Like, if they, if yeah. they had just said, like, hey... Like, here are a list of other games that are coming out on launch day or within the month, and it's like, oh, no, this is all cool. Um, like, even, it, like, just having these indie games there to fill the gaps is really helpful, I think, Cause, because yeah. it's like, like we're, we're no longer, like, I mean, there are other people who are going to be, oh, I spent $400 on a PlayStation 4 and play your stupid phone game. Like, <laughs> I feel like that audience is really small. I feel like the, yeah. the, the the idea of the indie game has just become like their games, like, yep. and uh, yeah. especially at launch to have a bunch of smaller games to fill in the gaps between like Zelda and Mario Kart and Splatoon and stuff is going to be really helpful. Um, awesome, yeah. Well, everybody, we will be absolutely talking about the Switch again uh, forever, incessantly, <laughs> incessantly forever. Uh, over the next couple of months, so be pumped. Um, yeah, uh, sorry that we we had to have a couple of dropouts over this episode. Uh, unfortunate nature of and the beast, were, as it were. And then there was one. And then there was milking. Hey. Uh, yeah, everyone. Uh, if there is anything that you want us to talk about, uh, hit us up on Twitter. That's the easiest way to get in touch with Dave, Susan, and the rest of the GR staff and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye everybody. Milk more. Milk! (laughs)